this reminds me of my first experience in radio was back in the early 80s. People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're going to run the gamut and we're going to have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves? Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. Happy days and greetings. You're listening to Breaking Waves on Eastside Radio, a show for the neurologically divergent. How you doing, Riley? I'm well, John. How are you? I'm feeling a little divergent. That's good. How's the holidays going, mate? Are you having a holiday? Certainly not, John. In fact, I was thinking how I am not used to uh, working this time of year. I used to work in schools for a long time and they would wrap up before... um, Well, they'd be wrapping up about... This would be the last week of it, basically, or last week would have been the last week of it. School holidays. Yes. It keeps things uh, routined. You know, if you end up working in the school system, as I did after you've left school, then you get very conditioned to those holiday periods. Yeah, well, when you're a kid, the world revolves around that school calendar, doesn't it? The various holidays, Easter and Christmas, the big ones. Uh, but there's lots of little holidays in between, and there's lots of holidays that don't really uh, that happen that don't really affect us so much necessarily, you know, like uh, bank holidays and um, you know the myriad of um, other sort of cultural uh, festivals and holidays that aren't actually uh, sanctioned and controlled by uh, the establishment by the authorities. Mm. Well, there's a lot that are controlled by different authorities to the ones here. So they they don't have sway or, like, cultural influence. You know, something like Thanksgiving, for example, which is so huge in America, is has never um, penetrated the consciousness in this country. Well, as I think, it's probably an official public holiday in uh, America, whereas I don't think it is here. There's no yeah, Thanksgiving right. holiday. Yeah. Um, but, and that, um, well, that raises the issue of the definition of the word, really. I think we use it a bit differently to the Americans. We use it... Uh, it's kind of got a few meanings here, but it's usually some kind of uh, time off or escape, whether it's sanctioned or not. Uh, it's a holiday, but... Um, Americans, they have, tend to have vacations. That's right. Um, so winter in Australia is, you know, all about long days and hot days and going to the beach and um, the summer solstice. What do you make of, uh, when you were a kid, what did you make of all of the snow imagery around Christmas? You know, the reindeers and the, the snowballs mm. and the snowmen and... The, well, I guess, obviously, I was used to it because it's so culturally ubiquitous in uh, even in stuff that we decorate with. And it these doesn't make things. any sense, though, does it, <laughs> in terms of where we are, like what's outside the door? That's right, John, and I... Did it ever bother you? It did. I used to find it quite um, 
enviable seeing the depictions of the snowy Christmases in in media and in movies and, and and shows and things. And I used to wish that I could experience a white Christmas like out of uh, those stories. Yeah, because with all of the, you know, the American television, uh, which has always been a big part of our um, entertainment, uh, certainly around Christmas, you know, all of the movies and the depictions have all got snow and blizzards. And um, I can't remember being perplexed about it too much myself, though. Uh, Snow is such an alien thing here. We do have a couple of uh, mountains that have snow on them for short periods of time, but... uh, He's a snowless country, basically. And did you ever see snow when you were a child? No, I didn't see snow till I was in... Uh, uh, well, rock and roll actually introduced me to snow when I was uh, went to False Creek and um, places like that, which, uh, you know, back in the 80s and 90s when there was a healthy live music industry in the country, th- those places were big... Uh, or big on the calendar. Rock and roll, I gave you all the best year of my life. All the dreamy sunny Sundays, all the moonlit summer nights. I was so busy in the back, writing love songs to you while you were changing your direction. Never even that I was always just one step behind you. It was always a great time going and doing gigs in the cold, although it wasn't that much fun unloading trucks in snow. Mm-hmm. Not fun. So you would have been in your 20s at that Didn't point? Didn't like it, yeah. And I, I remember not enjoying it, thinking, why do people why do people like this? Well, apparently the Australian snow is quite different to the snow in, uh, say, Europe because or, or the States because the snow that we get here is much more hard and uh, coarse, whereas what they get is this soft white powder. You know, like it's, it's like if you throw a snowball at someone that you, in Australia, you're basically like throwing a block of ice at them or something. It's just like um, a different uh, consistency altogether, apparently. We don't get snowflakes, for example, in that same way. Well, I think, uh, you know, snow becomes compacted and goes very hard after time. And um, I think they're all flakes when they fall out of the sky. Right, right. uh, By virtue of how they form, uh, little crystals forming, fluttering down. Yeah. We certainly don't have the uh, kind of environments that um, exist in the rest of the world in relation to coldness. Yeah. (laughs) The sunburnt country, we certainly are. Yeah. So if we look up the word holiday, what do we get? Do we do we get anything to do with holly? Deck the falls with fuzzle. No. <laughs> I don't think we do. Uh, what we get is holy. So, definitions from the Oxford Dictionary. Holiday, an extended period of leisure and recreation especially one spent away from home or in traveling. Uh, And then definition two 
is a day of festivity or recreation where no work is done. 25th of December is an official public holiday. Well, there's your two definitions we talked about before. Where did you get that from? That's just Google from the Oxford Dictionary. Oxford, okay. Yeah. So that's English and that's in alignment with uh, how we use that word here. Common usage is both those meanings uh, as opposed to the Americans who have vacations. Yes, I mean, got to hand it to the Americans making enough of a distinction to have a different word. So, and it, vacation makes sense in regards to you're vacating the place of residence where you'd normally be and, you know, going off somewhere else. Now, I did read uh, somewhere that uh, this this word is uh, fairly old. I think it pops up in about the year 950, about a thousand years ago, and it was related to religious festivals, uh, the holy day. Well, that makes sense. You know, yeah, and I guess uh, r- the uh, religious orders uh, were kind of like the government back then, and the government's kind of taken over, so they're the ones, the arbiters of the days off for all the workers. Now, one of the biggest days in the ancient Roman calendar of festivals was called Saturn Saturnalia, <laughs> which was a celebration of the god Saturn. And when did this day fall? Well, it was all about the... Um, the solstice, the changing of the seasons, and it'll be the beginning of the new season of growth up there in the Northern Hemisphere. And how does Saturnalia connect to Christmas? Well, it predates uh, Christmas as far as Christmas being defined as uh, the birth of Christ. It's an older celebration around the same period of time it seems that uh, when the powers that be were coming up with a lot of these public holidays, uh, they tended to uh, favour older festivals and celebrations and rename them. And apparently Saturnalia uh, was held on the 17th of December and later on the festivities were continued out until... um, the 23rd of December, so... Yeah, it was a big day of recreation and also of a reversal of roles. Uh, Famously, uh, one of the things they did uh, was that... Of course, they had slaves back in those days and it was kind of a role reversal there where the the, uh, slave owners would actually wait on the the slaves and let the slaves sort of uh, kick back and have a day off. And what was this um, role reversal? Why was this practice done? What was it meant to achieve? One of the things I read was it actually reinforced the whole owner-slave thing. And would that be because the people were outside of their roles? I don't know, really. It doesn't actually make any (laughs) sense to me. (laughs) Um, It was just something they did, who knows why. Um, yeah. But um, I guess it's all about just doing things differently and breaking habits and mm. sanctioning um, behaviour that's not normally uh, appropriate 
And I, that's one of the things that they used to do on uh, Saturnalia Day is to, uh, it was kind of okay to, you know, dance around naked, eating sausages and, uh, you know, stuff wasn't normally kosher. Uh, and I think uh, being subservient to slaves probably wasn't uh, it wasn't done, <laughs> except on that day. And I suppose that different incarnations of this festival bled down throughout history, uh, different practices, but incorporating similar ideas of this reversal of fortunes. And one of these is the Feast Day of Fools, um, which took place on the 1st of January and was celebrated by the clergy in Europe during the Middle Ages. Apparently, it began in southern France. And essentially, during this feast, um, they would get the people who were like... Um, the most kind of degenerate, you know, the sort of um, the village idiots and the kind of uh, the lowly hedonistic types, and they would be elected to to play the roles of um, the the priests and the you know high ranking kind of people. They would have a a day of uh, of debauchery and indulgence, and the they would be like venerated. Yeah. Yeah, well, they had a different uh, relationship with uh, mental derangement uh, in past times. <laughs> and um, I remember one of my favourite uh, sermons that my dad preached was actually on the, the Holy Fools, um, and one in particular, and I can't remember who, who it was now, but he, he danced naked through the streets eating sausages on, on the Sabbath, which was not kosher. Mm. It's interesting, the the day of, what was that holiday? Fool's Day. The Feast Day of Fools. Feast Day of Fools. I like it. A particular holiday that has been practised in more recent history is Guy Fawkes Night, uh, or as it's known in this country, Cracker Night. Although, having uh, talked about this uh it occurs to me that Krakenite had, I think, fallen out of favour. I don't think there by... is a Krakenite anymore. <laughs> yes. Perhaps um, fireworks were deemed too dangerous. Oh, absolutely. In the na nanny world we live in yes. now, you can't give little kids explosives. But in the world I grew up in, uh, that was my favourite i got to say, holiday was Guy Fawkes Day. And uh, when is that? November? You will remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason and plunt. Well, I can remember because the shops would start selling crackers a couple of weeks before or a month before. And all of the shops that sold lollies that had all the counters with all the different kinds of beautiful lollies they sold back then, uh, would have another big glass cabinet full of fireworks and you could buy, you know, pohas and bungers and tom-thumbs and all kinds of uh, sparklers and Roman candles and 
Um, we used to run a riot. I can remember uh, every morning before school, there was a big oval across. This is in Brisbane. There was a big oval across from the school, and it would be full of kids all just letting off crackers, you know, throwing bungers in the air and um, raining down paper and shooting each other with Roman candles and blowing fingers off and blowing letterboxes up and. Um, and uh, I got into actually manufacturing my own larger explosives by pulling all of the uh, crackers apart. And um, <laughs> I can remember doing it in my driveway, uh, doing things that um, you certainly don't see kids doing anymore. And I guess there would have been a lot of uh, injuries back then, but uh, it was no big deal, like a lot of other things uh, that have changed. Yes, I recall um, a story of a Guy Fawkes night when uh, when my dad was a kid and some uh, neighbour kid blew his hand up with a firework, I believe. Um, well, it was a kind of a tradition uh, of building a big bonfire. And we used to get all of the you know, scraps and old wood and we'd build this huge stack of stuff. We'd spend all day doing it. All the fathers would get together and all the kids and we'd build this huge thing and then we'd build a, a like, a dude, like, get old clothes and make, like, a scarecrow sort of thing and stick it on top and then we'd set fire. It was pretty gruesome and I didn't really think about the gruesome aspect of it when I was a little kid. Mm-mm. Because it's like you're burning this effigy... Almost, it's kind of maybe a bit of that like pagan ritual vibe to it. Definitely got a real pagan feel to it, <laughs> the Wicker Man type stuff. Yeah, um, and so for those who don't know, um, back in um, sixteen oh five, this guy called Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament in uh, in Britain at the time, so. He was very anti-government. <laughs> he didn't like rulers. I believe he was an anarchist. Uh, and back in those days, it wasn't just a word for chaos. It's actually a legitimate alternative uh, philosophy of government. And it basically means no rulers. And he didn't like the rulers <laughs> of the time and tried to blow them up. Um, I don't think he was successful. Uh, and he was probably arrested, was he? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say yeah, so. Yeah, he was, he was. Thrown in a, a dungeon. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was arrested while guarding the explosives. More than 400 years ago, a great citizen wished to embed the 5th of November forever in our memory. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice and freedom are more than words. They are perspectives. So if you've seen nothing, if the crimes of this government remain unknown to you, then I would suggest that you allow the 5th of November to pass unmarked. But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me one year from tonight, outside the gates of Parliament, and together we shall give them a 5th of November that shall never, ever be forgotten. So there you go. Yeah, childhood favourite. Cracker night. If only I got to live in such a time. 
Did you have a tradition of family holidays when you were a kid? Yes, there was one place. And it was a place I went to with my auntie and uncle and my cousins rather than my parents. Although they would go sometimes as well. Uh, and it's this suburb that's kind of near Batemans Bay called Mossy Point. And uh, it's a really beautiful area, an idyllic seaside paradise. What am I saying, seaside? I'm not British. Um, but there was this bridge where you could jump off into the water, which I was particularly taken with. And we would stay in a holiday house, this blue-coloured holiday house on stilts called Laguna Fortuna. And there's something really nice about holiday houses, which is that a lot of these places that you'll go to um, will have books and things. And there's something nice about reading a book just for that specific holiday, just for that house. And then you leave it in the house. Or sometimes there'll be like if there's a lot of books, you can take a book with you and you can leave a book that you started earlier there and that kind of thing. So this is a place you went on school holidays, was it? Like at the end of the year or something? Or Easter? Yeah, it would be um, during various like school holiday periods. Um, sometimes it would be that more, that kind of closer to Christmas time and that sort of thing. But yeah, it would, it would coincide with the school holidays and I would normally, um, go at a lift there with, with my grandmother driving and we'd listen to, to music and audiobooks and things like that. Um, but I do remember it being... You know, it's one of those things where I've got the layout of um, the beach, at least, very much imprinted in my mind. Uh, and I actually, I got um, permanent scarring uh, while I was there because I slipped and sliced my wrist on some oysters. And um, my uncle told me to apply pressure to it. He said that... Um, uh, enough pressure applied will will stop the bleeding, and uh, I um, there was like this little uh, ocean pool, and uh, I remember sort of imagining that there would be some kind of healing property going on by having the wrist under the water in there. But yeah, and you went to this place a lot, did you? It was like a regular thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Really, really visiting my uh, grandparents who lived at Swansea on the sea. Uh, most of the places we were living were kind of inland, weren't on the coast. And uh, so we used to love going to the seaside and visiting my parents. And I used to get sent there on the Christmas holidays. Um, I'd go to my grandparents and my sister would go to my aunties. I think my parents were having some some time off <laughs> at Christmas time. But that was kind of a regular thing that I did in the holidays. Um, but for some reason, my my dad loved going to places that were really cold. I remember we used to go to up the Blue Mountains and just stay in a little apartment up there and walk around in the freezing cold. But most of my uh, actual holidays, I can remember, they were kind of like... Um, 
adventures with a, a particular activity in mind, like um, gem hunting. We used to go up to, I remember we went up to Inverell and camped on this, uh, on this river somewhere on some guy's property and dug for sapphires uh, and rubies. That's cool. And uh, we did a lot of camping with other families sometimes and uh, we just used to go out in the bush and how was that experience, um, the camping experience? Did you learn anything uh, about, like, how to set it up camp and make a fire and these kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was also in the, you know, I used to go to the... Scouts. The scouts and for five seconds. Uh, there were a few different... There was another one called the Sebs, the Church of England Boys Society that I went to, which is very similar to the scouts. But I was also in the cadets. So I, was, I used to love bushcraft and camping and making camps and fires and, you know, toilets and rainproofing and uh, basically building a little... Uh, Ecosystem? What would you call it? A settlement, mm. really. Putting together a settlement with all of the, the comforts, you know, the creature comforts that you don't normally expect in a, a camping situation. Uh, I used to love doing that. In the car anymore. I want to go home. I don't want to go to Wally World. Clark, under the circumstances, I wouldn't mind if we just went home. In retrospect, it seems like a pretty bad idea driving out. It's been one disaster after another. Yeah, it's been a real drag, Dad. Maybe we can try it some other time. Wally World's overrated anyway. What do you think? I think you're all fucked in the head. Okay, Chevy Chase. Yeah, the most famous movie series involving a family going away on holidays would be the vacation movies with Chevy Chase that started back in the 80s and there was the first one which was just called Vacation and then there was the European Vacation and Christmas Vacation and the less beloved Vegas Vacation in the 90s. Um, and there was a 2015 sort of reboot slash sequel. Um, so the franchise, I suppose, continues on. Um, but definitely the, one of the reasons that those movies are so popular is probably because there's a certain amount of relatability to what an ordeal it can be getting the family together to go away. It can be fraught with um, with all kinds of mishaps. Of course, now John and I are both adults and able to plan time away without the constraints of parents organizing it for us. And so the world is our oyster in terms of what holiday destinations may await us. And we hope you're all having a, a joyous Festivus. A new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, uh, take the opportunity to have a break or do something new. Get out of your patterns. And like they say, 
A change is as good as a holiday. So if you get a chance to step outside the normal routine during the summer holidays, then consider yourself lucky. That's it. And perhaps you can have a alcohol a day. That's really boxing day, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, folks, well, we'll be back next week. Until then, we hope you have a beautiful time. Happy days. Bye for now. Not forever. You're listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community-owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au.